Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. If you have your Bible, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you have, let's raise it up and let's make this declaration today. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today, I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you today for your presence. We thank you for those that are here, and we thank you for our online church. We worship you this morning, and Lord, as we approach your word, uh, we don't take that lightly, but I pray that you would uh, help me to say everything I should say today, and don't let me say anything I shouldn't say, and Lord, I, I just pray today that you would just anoint our ability to understand your word and to hear your word. I pray also for those that are online, that you would heal them, you'd restore them so they can get back in the house. And God, we're just going to give you thanks today in your name. Amen, amen, amen. I want to introduce you to a young man by the name of Vinny. Vinny, uh, his desire is to be a genderless alien. He spent $50,000 on 110 procedures. That's his picture. He's planning on spending another $160,000 to remove his genitals, his nipples, and his belly button. And I know you're looking at that and you say, oh, how could that be? What's, 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 what's the source of that? Why does he do that? Well, let me share with you the phrase behind all of this is the same phrase that some of you use every week. For instance, when he went to his friends and told him that he was going to do everything he could to be a genderless alien, I wonder how many of his friends said, no, you don't want to do that. That's not who you are. Or I wonder how many of them said this phrase. It's the same phrase that some of you use. Well, if that's what you feel like, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Now, we're in a series called I Didn't Say That. And we've been looking at things that Jesus didn't say and things that are not in the scripture that people just take for granted that it is. For instance, the first week we looked at YOLO. You only live once, so you just be you, boo. And then we looked at karma. We talked about karma, and we talked about what the scripture says about that. And then Anita did a really great job of dealing with that. People say, well, Jesus just wants you to be happy. No, he wants you to be joyful, not happy, right? And then last week we looked at God will never put more on you than you can handle. Now next week, I'm going to do a teaching on this thing that Jesus never said. Jesus never said, you're too far gone. Aren't you glad? He never said, you're too far gone. And the week after that, I'm going to do Jesus never said, peace out. That's Pentecost Sunday. And he never said, I'm out of here. Good luck. You're on your own. No, he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. But today I want to deal with this. I didn't say that. Follow your heart. It's a great little book you might be interested in. My counselor said it was one of the best he's read, Dwight. It says, simply says, don't follow your heart. It's a good book. I've read it. Uh, who thinks they need this book? Anybody? All right, would you, Eddie, would you take this to this lady right here, sitting here? All right, there you go. That's your book. Overlook all the uh, notations I made in it. It's a good book. So anyway, today we want to look at this, Just Follow Your Heart. 
Now, the phrase that you use, just follow your heart, may not be as, uh, you may not look like Vinny right now. But the decisions you're making with your heart, let me fast forward a few years or eternity. And then let me show you a picture. Sometimes we hear it like this. People say this. You know, I just have these reoccurring feelings. And I've tried to deny them for years and tried to resist them. But the more I try to resist them, the more I realize I'm not being the authentic, real me. God made me with these feelings. God made me this way. And so I can't deny them any longer. I'm going to be me. This is who I am. These are my urges. I'm going to follow my desires. I'm going to live my truth and follow my heart. And then we hear people say something like this. Well, you know, I have these strong feelings for someone who's not my spouse. My spouse doesn't understand me. I have a ministry. And my spouse... Is they don't understand ministry. But God has opened the door, and I've met this person, and they have a heart for ministry like me. And so when we get together, that it's just like, boy, we can feel the presence of the Lord. And I just can't fight these feelings anymore. <laughs> I think that was a song, right? <laughs> and so I'm just going to go in that direction. And then sometimes we, uh, we even, a friend of mine who's a pastor, very famous pastor, at the height of his career of affecting thousands of people, was exposed by the news media that he was having an ongoing affair with someone in his church, my dear friend, talked with him every week. And uh, at first he just denied it. No, it's not there. It's not true. But then the, the truth came out and the pictures, the documentation. And I asked him, how could it be? At the height of your ministry, when you're affecting thousands, traveling the world, how could this happen? He said, well, I was deceived by my heart. He said, my wife never really appreciated me for who I am. She never affirmed me. And he said, this woman was the head of our prayer team. And she flows in the gifts of the Spirit. And she would come to me on Sundays with a word of encouragement from the Lord. And then she would pray for me. And he said, then it was like she would invite me over and share a word. And he said, it was one thing to another, to another, and to another. And he said, I just began being drawn by my feelings. He said, it was so bad, I was deceived so bad, and he's never regrouped. He's never made it back. And he said, I was so deceived that we would commit adultery, and then we would kneel down and pray and thank God that he opened the door for the two of us to be together. Look at Benny, Benny's picture. And then I hear people say, when it comes to a church and, and the gifts of the Spirit, because Paul actually dealt with this, just follow your heart, in 1 Corinthians 14. 
He said, when you come into a corporate worship service like this, this is not a small group. In a small group, you can just speak out or you can do or practice, you know, wherever you are. But here on a Sunday, this is a corporate worship service in which there are believers and unbelievers. There are those of us who understand the vocal gifts of the Holy Spirit and others who don't. And so in the midst of all of that, sometimes people will say, well, I just, I just feel like I, 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 my heart was, I just, I just had to share what, what, was, what was there. Here, uh, Paul dealt with that. And he said, if you're in a corporate worship, here's what I understand. You can write this down if you want. The Holy Spirit never interrupts himself. The Holy Spirit never interrupts himself. So in other words, if, if, if somebody's preaching or somebody's leading in worship, the Holy Spirit doesn't give you something so that you can interrupt what he's already doing. So I've been in services where uh, it's, it's a very quiet time. Holy Spirit is moving, just so gentle. And then, then somebody just blurts out with a tongue or a prophetic word or just say something. And so in the midst of all of that, all of a sudden you don't have that peace anymore. Uh, not long ago, that happened in a service. And as soon as it happened, because we believe in the gifts of the Spirit, we believe in all of those. But in a ch corporate service on Sunday morning, if you have a prophetic word, you feel like you have a prophetic word or a scripture, you write it down, just like my sister did here in the front, and you hand it to a pastor, better yet, give it to an usher, or say to the usher, I feel like I have a prophetic word or a scripture. And they'll bring it to one of our team and we'll read it and say, is that word for now? Is it something that we need for later or what we're we going to do? It just doesn't matter that if a person feels like they have something, they stand up and do it in a corporate worship service. So in the time of quietness, I mean, it was so special last week. I mean, it's so beautiful. I mean, just God is moving. The Holy Spirit was moving. And then someone felt like their heart, follow my heart. I just, need to, I just need to speak out and do this. The Holy Spirit doesn't interrupt himself. When the Holy Spirit is working quietly, he doesn't interrupt himself in that way. In fact, Paul said everything should be done according to the way that the, church, the service is flowing. And if it's not the right time, speak to yourself in tongues, not out loud to everybody else. So the other day, last week when that happened, I don't want you to think that, that we don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but when that happened, immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, stop it. I don't interrupt myself. I'm working quietly, not now. And so here's where we always know that if a person can't take correction, it shows a bigger issue in their heart. So when people stomp out and Pastor Tim tries to talk to them and they don't want to talk, then we understand it was an issue of the heart. It was, I'm following my heart and nobody's going to tell me what to do. Well, welcome to the Father's house. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, we just feel like we should just leave the church. Oh, yeah. No godly counsel, no scripture. We just, we just want to leave the church. That's just how we feel. We're not gonna, I'm not going to serve anymore. That's just how I feel. No counsel, no asking, what do you think? Could you pray about it? It's just that. So I think sometimes that we base things off of how we feel in the moment, and they can be very destructive. 
Jesus didn't say, follow your feelings. Here's what he said in Matthew 15 and 19. For from the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, lying, and slander. Jeremiah said this, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And I know some people say, yeah, but, <clears throat> excuse me, but I have a redeemed heart. My heart has been redeemed. I'm, I'm a believer. Yes, we believe that. But your heart will never be perfect until we're out of this world and in the presence of the Lord. Because you can take things into your life this week that will corrupt your heart, corrupt your thinking, and then you'll get to the place, well, this is how I feel. I, I'm going to follow my heart in this. In 1993, there was a movie called Groundhog Day. Some of you have seen that. Bill Murray is the cynical TV weatherman, Phil Connors, and he goes to the little town of Pennsylvania to report on Groundhog Day celebration. But he finds himself waking up every morning for the next eight years to redo, to redo the day that he had before. So at first, <clears throat> he's annoyed and he's confused. And he doesn't want to wake up to the next day. But then he realizes, hey, there are no consequences. I can do whatever I want. So he robs an armored truck. He chases women. He does all the other things. And the next day he wakes up and there's no consequences. He thinks, oh, this is good. Just like some of you that are listening are online. You've been following your heart, making wrong decisions. You don't see the consequences of that yet. But I'm telling you, you saw Vinny's picture? It's a picture of you. Just wait. So after eight years, he, he's, he's, he's stuck. He doesn't like it. And it leaves his life empty and barren. I know it's just a movie. But I think that's where a lot of people get when they begin following their own heart. There's a phrase in the book of Judges. In the Old Testament, the book of Judges lasts 450 years. That's longer than America has been around. It goes from Joshua's conquest to the time of Samuel. And for 400 years, there was a cycle. Chaos, destruction, horribleness, repenting. Chaos, horribleness, over and over and over. But the reoccurring phrase is the one that you see on the sky, sky Bible in front of you. Here it is. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And that brought chaos, chaos. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Well, you don't have any right to tell me how I should live my life. You have no right to tell me. We have, look, we have the, if there's no truth, pl play that out. Play that out. If, if everybody today, when you leave the service, did what you thought was right, and you drive home however you think is right, a line down the middle of the road means nothing. You pull out, you go left, you go right. You see a red light, that means nothing. You just go through it. You just stop, go do whatever you want. Like some of you who pull into the church parking lot on Sunday mornings. Our parking team is trying to frantically give you directions. And you're zooming to try to beat them by so you can drop the kids off next door. What if everybody drove like you drive? You see, so when we play, begin to play this thing out, can you see the ultimate chaos? When we go by everybody do what's right in your own eyes, that leads us to 900,000 divorces in America last year. 
65,000 deaths due to alcohol and drug abuse. A pornography industry that produced $3 billion last year. And over, a hundred, over 1 million abortions last year because everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And it's brought us to a horrible place with the next generation called gender confusion. Just follow your heart. I think somebody said there's 50 genders here in America and there's like 70 you can get in Europe. So I began looking at those. And there's gender queer, non-binary, pangender, polygender, agender, demiboy, demigirl, neutros, abigender, lunagender, quantum gender, and I could go on and on and on and on and on. But what did Jesus say about gender identity? Jesus goes back to the original thing in Genesis, and this is what he says in Matthew in the New Testament, Matthew 19, 4 through 6. Haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied, read it with me on the Sky Bible. They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. Not 70 genders. He made them male and female. Parents, grandparents, we have to be very patient and we have to teach this to our kids because they live in a world where people say, well, if, that, if you don't fit in the mold, you just do whatever and wherever you want. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united as one. Since they're no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. When you read this verse, Jesus affirmed the covenant union of one man and one woman as the only normative expression of human sexuality. You got to view it through Jesus and the cross. People say, but you know, Jesus didn't say much about homosexuality. You know, Jesus didn't say, look, that scripture right there, he says there are two ways and it's, it's a man and a woman in that. Now, let me just, let me just share something because some people say, well, if it's in the old Testament, it's not for us today. That's under the law and the law is passed. You haven't read your new Testament. The law has not passed. That's not, that's not true. People say, it's all grace today, no law. Listen to what Jesus, listen to what the scripture says, Matthew 5, 17. Don't suppose I came to do away with the law and the prophets. I didn't come to do away with them, but I came to give them their full meaning. So don't let anybody tell you the law is not appropriate for us today. I don't live under the law, but the law is still in operation. In the Old Testament, it said, thou shalt not kill, right? Pull it through the cross. Jesus said, um, if you have hatred in your heart, you already killed somebody. It's the same as murder. In the Old Testament, it said, thou shalt not commit adultery, right? Pull it through the cross. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, if you look upon somebody who's not your spouse and you lust after them, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So when you look at things like abortion, when you look at things like homosexuality and look at all of those, you pull it through the cross. And if nothing changed, it's still in effect now. Still in effect. And, and I, I know that's difficult sometimes for us when we, when we deal with that. But you see, the core issue of gender is sovereignty. Who gets to decide? We live in an age where the sovereign self gets to decide, supposedly. 
Well, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is my internal sense of how I feel. In other words, listen to this. You don't really discover or know your gender identity. You declare it. Your words that you speak take priority over your biology. And ultimately, you're speaking yourself into existence. Think about that. If God created us in our mother's womb, and now you're saying to God, in other words, when I declare that I'm something different than what God said that I was, I'm basically telling God, God, I know better. Listen to my heart. Sometimes we as Christians get so pious and we look down our nose at people that struggle with gender, struggle with alternate identities. And because you can see that or it's manifest, you then begin to not look upon the whole area of your life where you're following after your heart. Anita said something when we talk about some. She said, you know, if I was seven years old today, that's why it's so important that you have your kids in Kid City and in youth, because they're not going to get this anywhere else. She said, if I were a seven-year-old in today's culture, and I had the option of becoming a boy, she said, I would have become a boy. Not because I have any tendencies that I, I want to hang out with women, but she said, boys are cooler. She said, I never owned a doll, but I like guns, motorcycles, bicycles. And she said, it wouldn't have because I would have wanted to be with a woman, but because I just think boys are cooler. So we're living in a world today in which people try to put you in a gender pose because of who you are. We have some creative young men and they, people say, well, you know, just, you're just a little soft. You need to go out and play baseball. You need to go out and, and do that. You just got your little soft. And so then they struggle with, well, am I different? Is this who God created me? Is this how, this how I am? And the same thing with girls. Is this how God created me? We can't, we can't just follow our own feelings. I, I just, I just, that's just you know, how, I, how I feel. Look, I've never struggled with the tendencies of homosexuality, of being drawn to a man. But I struggle to this day with lust. People say, well, you just better pray that God takes away that. No, I'm not asking God to take away my passion for my wife. Because if he's going to take away lust, he's going to take away that passion. You might as well become a eunuch. Let's get a life. Let's be honest. If pornography and the struggle with pornography, somebody said, you know, my husband, he's just so angry. First thing came to me, he's dealing with pornography. If you're steeped in pornography, you are an anger, angry person. You know, there are days I wake up and Anita, she doesn't meet all my needs. And after all, didn't God create her to meet my needs? That's how selfish we get, right? We think, you know what? I just, I should just, you know, whatever we have in our mind, just follow my heart. No. I follow the word follow the word. It's like Sean will bring donuts. Okay? And he'll say, would you like a donut? I say, heck yes, you know I would like one, but I'm not going to have one. He said, I knew you'd say that. 
Then I'm thinking, why in the world did you bring it, silly? <laughs> but listen to me. Just as you've looked down your nose at people that have alternative lifestyles other than yours, you face with some of the same things. And if we don't have grace to treat with respect other people on their pilgrimage where we are, we are not being able to be the people who God wants us to be. Listen to what the wisest man who ever lived said. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. <clears throat> Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Notice what he says, number one, fill in your notes. Guard your heart. Don't follow your heart. Guard your heart. You have an alarm on your house, some of you. You have an alarm on your car. You have a, we have an alarm here on the church. But how many of us, we don't have an alarm on our heart of what we watch and what we listen to all week long. Jesus said this, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The word there, treasure, is the Greek word thesoros, which means a deposit. In other words, like a bank, whatever you deposit in a bank, you can withdraw. So he says, like a soldier, guard what you allow into your heart through the ear gate, through the eye gate, through the heart. Guard your heart. Number two, he says, direct your heart. Don't follow your heart. Direct your heart. For it determines the course of your life. Our hearts are never designed to be followed, but they're designed to be directed. Years ago, Woody Allen, who was married to Mia Farah, had an affair with his stepdaughter. Mia Farah found the nude pictures in his possession of her daughter. And when the news media interviewed him, here's what he said. The heart wants what it wants. In other words, just don't follow my heart. You can judge me however you want, but I'm going to follow my heart. People, I had a, a lady came to one of the pastors and said, can you please help me? It seems like all I do is I date losers. Could you give me some dating advice? So the pastor says, what's your favorite TV programs? What music do you listen to? No, no, no. I, I, need, I need relationship advice. No. What's your favorite? If your favorite TV program is Two Broke Girls and The Bachelorette, What are you depositing in your heart? What you're depositing is what you're attracting. It's what you're attracting. Listen to the music. Uh, parents, listen to some of the music that you allow your kids. And you place in your kids' hands a phone, an iPad, and you never check what they're checking on. I mean, they come to church and they're fiercely doing that. You think, oh, they're adding scriptures in. No, they're on a porno site. We have ways of checking what you watch when you come in this building. That scared some people, didn't it, right there? 
And then we need to focus on our future. You got to watch where you walk and who you spend time with. Maybe this, maybe you need to consider your playmates and your playgrounds. Consider your playmates and your pay, playgrounds. If, if, you might need to get rid of some old friends. So if you say, well, do I need to get rid of this person? Then I'll probably tell you, yeah. If it's a question, you do. See, some of you, the only social media people you hang around with are people that agree with everything you agree with. They say it's okay to get drunk, screw around, have an alternative lifestyle. You're okay. The church is wrong. Jesus got it wrong. There is no such thing as a God. Are you willing? Are you willing to risk your eternity on following your heart? I told you my friend Vinny, one of the pictures in his portfolio, because he's a model, is this picture you see here. And the title of this one is called, My Heart is Poison. My Heart is Poison. Wow. I wish some of you and those of you that are watching online that are dabbling and following your own feelings, wish you could see yourself in that picture. Because you will not only poison and corrupt your life, but your kids, your grandkids, and people that you are in relationship with. People often call us or text us ahead of time of coming to this church, and they say, will you accept us? I, my thought is, the question is not, will you accept us? But the question is, will you accept us? Because we're people of faith. We believe the Scripture. We stand by the Scripture. And so if you can accept us for who we are, it's a great place for you to be. And if not, there are a lot of, we sometimes have other people say something like this. Well, you know, I just moved in this area and, you know, I used to be part of this church and that church and I'm looking for a church that can do this, can do this, can do this, can do this. And I noticed on your teachings, you have this and you have that. Could you explain that to me more fully? I like what my friend Mark Sharona says that when people ask for a question or they ask to come for counseling, he said, I require for them to come to church for three weeks in a row before we ever meet them or we ever give them any advice. Because he said, you know what? We cut down on our counseling It's 75% when people showed up for about three weeks and found out who we really are. So we have people say, they say, so explain to me about your church. We want to be sure that you're the church we want to fit into. No, wait a minute. It's, it's, it's you, that, we can, that you can be the church that fits us. No, it's that you can fit into us. That's where it is. This is who we are. And, you know, we say there are a lot of great churches in this city. I meet with some of the pastors this week and pray with them. We can always recommend a place for you to go. We really do. We really believe that. But listen to me as we, as we, as we come to a close here. We have no room to condemn anyone on the issues of their life. Now, the scripture says that in the church, we judge. So if Andrea's getting up here and she's carousing on Saturday nights and shows up on Sunday, I have the right to judge her and say, sis, you can't do that. But when you rub shoulders with the world, how do you expect them to act? Jesus showed up. A sinner's house. 
because he cared for them. There was no prerequisite. We have no room to condemn anyone on this issue. Every person, listen to this, please hear my heart. Every person, whether we agree with them or not, deserves our respect as God's image bearers. Every person. So as followers of Jesus, we welcome, we extend grace, we serve, we invite into relationship. But that doesn't mean that we deny our biblical foundations. But we're constantly going to be inviting people into a relationship with Jesus. And we're going to do that with a loving posture. Hmm. Just follow your heart? No. It says David was a man, say it with me, after God's heart. No. I'm not going to trust this heart. That could be evil, could be wrong. But I'm going to trust his heart. Become like him. What if... What if your heart is misleading you? What if what you thought was, was so true that, that, that because you've, you, you've allowed wrong thoughts and wrong imprints into your life, you've got to the place that you're just totally diseased? Are you willing to risk eternity on that? Let me say something to some of you who parents who care more about your kids' education than you do about training them how to live in their eternity. You care more about letting them know what the world has and that, making sure they have everything than you do, standing in God's truth and leading them into a walk with the Lord. When we trust our heart and we don't stand for what's ultimately true, we spend eternity separated from God. People say, well, that's okay. Me and my buddies will have a party in hell. No, you won't. You see, when it talks about being separated and alienated, it's not only separated and alienated from God, but you're alienated from everyone else. One of the worst things you can do in the prison system, as I understand, is solitary confinement. If you die lost without Jesus, you spend eternity in solitary confinement, in punishment, in agony. That's why God sent his only son, Jesus, who was sinless to die on the cross. So are you going to do this? Are you going to trust your heart? Or are you going to trust his heart who came and shed his blood to forgive you of your sins? Would you bow your heads and would you pray with me? Father, I thank you just now that you sent your son Jesus to die for our sins. And Lord, I pray that you'd wake us up today if we'd just been living by our own feelings, our own heart, instead of what your truth says in your word. I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would touch hearts and lives every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life or years ago you started following him and you've been sort of distracted 
And you say, today, you know what? I need to make a fresh decision, a fresh choice to the Lord. I want to pray with you. Maybe it's your first time. I want to pray with you and believe with you today. So if you're here and you say, Terry, would you include me in that prayer today? I want to invite Jesus into my life. I'm lost and I need a Savior. I need to be found. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you are, make eye contact with me and say, pray for me today, that's me. Pray for me today, that's me. Those of you that are online, would you just lift your hand, pray for me today, that's me, that's me. I need to make that decision today. Let's, let's pray this prayer together, would we? Those of you who raised your hands and those who wanted to raise your hands but you didn't, pray this prayer with me today. Father God, I thank you for your son Jesus. And I ask you to forgive me for living by my own feelings. But today I choose and I decide that I'll follow you. Forgive me of my sins and to be my Lord and Savior. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. And on the third day you rose from the grave to give me a fresh life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.